You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Hi folks, Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. You know, I want, before I start on today's story, I want to share a little, uh, bit of trivia. You know, over the years I thought mountain men, uh, mostly were illiterate, but I just found out in an article last night that most trappers actually wrote letters, kept diaries and journals, and actually fewer than 13% of them were illiterate. I found that a little surprising, so I thought I'd just share that with you. Today's story, I'm going to talk about a place called Bloody Island, which actually was a sandbar in the Mississippi River. So if you can picture this, this place kind of emerged innocently around 1798, quietly and slowly it surfaced above the muddy Mississippi. At first, it was just uh, one among thousands of sandbars that just come up in rivers and streams all over the uh, all over the world, actually. And gradually, they uh, a lot of times the sandbars just gradually disappear as well. But this particular patch of ground had... Uh, more of a destiny uh, in the affairs of uh, honor among gentlemen, I guess, if you could say, in the 19th century. Now, it was not called an island. It was called a towhead, but it was an island that lay between Missouri and Illinois, right near St. Louis. But it was so insignificant that neither one of the states wanted to claim it, and it surfaced in an era when... Uh, there was a lot of upper-class men, particularly in Missouri, that every so often would wage a duel. And picture this, with pearl-handled revolvers, you know, they'd back-to-back and step it off and shoot at each other. Uh, there was the gentleman's coat of honor that actually originated in Europe in the Middle Ages. So in 1877, the practice had been so well established in Ireland that they saw fit to come up with a kind of a rule book or code, code duelle, they called it. And it kind of went through a dozen rules of conduct, uh, governing a challenge of, say, one man to uh, regain his honor in the fact, uh, in, in case one gentleman dared to say anything bad in public about the other person. So if there was no uh, apology coming forth, the rules permitted the challenged party to choose the weapons, the place, and the distance. Now, how many volleys uh, the two men fired depended on how bad the offense was. 
Now, pressure demanded a gentleman defend his honor, and if you didn't, your career as a politician or lawyer or profession uh, could be, you know, gone. So by the early 1800s, however, both Missouri and Illinois had outlawed this custom. So where were they to duel? Well, this is where this inconsequential towhead, or island, as I said, in the middle of the Mississippi, didn't even have a name, or any owner, or laws. It became the perfect place for a gentleman to settle disputes. It was kind of a no-man's land where men could rendezvous to defend their reputation, and shoot and kill each other in a very uh, civilized manner, without fear of penalty. Now, in the first recorded duel in late December 1810, there was an attorney by the name of James Graham, and he shot it out with a doctor by the name of Bernard G. Farrer. Now, the first American physician, Dr. Farrer, to practice west of the Mississippi. Now, the good doctor was defending the honor of a friend whom Graham had accused of cheating at cards. Now, his second, you know, they always had somebody to back him up, in the duel was none other than famed explorer William of Clark, of, you know, of Lewis and Clark fame. Now, over the course of three volleys, Farr, Dr. Farr, was grazed in the behind by a slug, while Graham was hit in the legs, right hand, and side, and one ball lodged in his spine, well, the good doctor, Dr. Farr, uh, because of his oath to tend to his opponent, uh, did so, but Graham actually later died of his wounds and probably would have been paralyzed anyway. Now, another notable duel on the island touched off at 6 a.m. on August 12, 1870, between, 1817, I'm sorry, between a prominent St. Louis attorney, uh, Thomas Hart Benton, and another attorney by the name of Charles Lucas. And this followed uh, after a very hot court case. The men had uh, uh, kind of gone after each other with harsh accusations and insults. Well, this prompted Lewis to challenge Benton. Now, in the initial volley, Lucas took a slug to the throat, while Benton was grazed in the right knee. When Lucas proved unable to rise for a second shot... The duel was suspended. They quit. Both men ignored appeals from friends to make amends. And weeks later, Lucas had recovered enough to arrange a second rematch. Well, in the second duel on the morning of September 27th, Benton shot his rival through the heart and Lucas died within minutes. Uh, and Benton actually came out of it uh, with uh, no injuries. He didn't get shot and actually became elected to the U.S. Senate in Missouri. Now, a duel was a more unusual outcome, uh, with a more unusual outcome occurred at 5 p.m. in 1831, when Major Thomas Biddle, who was actually a distinguished War of 1812 veteran, and U.S. Representative Spencer Pettus of Missouri, so they faced off. Now, historians believe it was their meeting that led to the islands uh, being named Bloody Island. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better 
and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now, in an exchange of uh, fiery speeches, Pettis had publicly just really railed against uh, Nicholas Biddle, uh, who was then president of the Second Bank of the United States, and Biddle's brother, Thomas, took offense to this. Well, in the ensuing war of words in the St. Louis press, Biddle called Pettis, quote, a dish of skimmed milk. Oh, boy, what a, what a terrible thing to call somebody, right? Well, while Pettis questioned Biddle's manhood, uh, another questionable thing, when the debate flared into physical violence, the congressman challenged the major to a duel. Well, as the challenged party, Biddle was allowed to choose the weapons and the distance. Now, being nearsighted, Biddle chose pistols at, get this folks, at just five feet. Now, given the range, uh, closeness, when the two men triggered their weapons, both suffered mortal wounds that ended their lives within days. However, each remained uh, alive long enough to forgive the other one, but they both died. Now, over the next two decades, Bloody Island grew, reaching actually as far as a mile in length and some 500 yards in width. By 1837, it was diverting uh, sediment uh, to the Missouri side, and it was threatening to choke off the channel to the St. Louis wharfs and the waterfronts. And if it left unchecked, this uh, once kind of insignificant sandbar would have had a uh, an impact and landlocked one of the busiest commercial ports on the Mississippi. So First Lieutenant Robert E. Lee, you know who he is, then a member of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, devised a system of dikes that directed the current toward the channel off from St. Louis, and so it deepened the river, the Mississippi, for navigation. Well, this tactic by the future Confederate general also eliminated the channel on the opposite side of the island, and by about 1850, it was actually connected to the Illinois shore, but uh, people still had to use this for um, for duels. Well, no less a gentleman than future President Abraham Lincoln traveled to this place on September 22nd, 1842, to settle a dispute with a guy by the name of James Shields. Now, Shields was the Missouri State Auditor, and he issued the challenge after Illinois State Representative Lincoln published a letter ridiculing Shields in the Springfield, Illinois uh, newspaper called the Sangamo Journal. As the challenge party, Lincoln chose the cavalry broadsword, which uh, would give him the advantage due to his height. On the appointed day, Lincoln reportedly came to the island, and as he was waiting, he just chopped off the branch of a nearby tree with his sword to kind of demonstrate his advantage of being tall and long arms, as well as the damage that could await his opponent. Whether true or not, friends of both men convinced them to call a truce. The confrontation was over before it even began. Well, what is thought to have been the final duel on, quote, the island occurred in 1856 after years of political arguing and fighting between Thomas Reynolds and Benjamin Brown. Reynolds, a U.S. attorney in St. Louis, he opposed emancipation and he challenged Brown, who was the editor of the Daily Missouri Democrat, and he, who favored emancipation. 
Well, it Reynolds emerged from the duel without a scratch, while Brown was wounded in the leg and limped for the rest of his life. And the match became known as the Duel of the Governors because in 1862, Reynolds became Confederate governor of Missouri and Brown was elected governor uh, of Missouri in 1870. By the late 1850s, dueling had kind of fallen out of favor in most places. And uh, because of law and legal things, uh, you know, libel became the weapon of choice. And the courtroom was the new, quote, field of honor uh, where men defended their reputations. And of course, out west, uh, gunfights still persisted and uh Rarely did they come face-to-face like it's depicted on movies and TV. So this little island, this blood-soaked ground that came out of this uh, so long ago uh, in the Mississippi River, uh, attached itself to Illinois, and of course now it's just run over by uh, highways, by overpasses, and crossed by railroad tracks. So that's kind of a short story about dueling in the Mississippi River on Bloody Island. And so, folks, that's my story for today, and I'll see you next week.